Hello and welcome to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, it's the Steam Deck. Everybody is going to talk Ooh. about uh, Valve's new uh, portable gaming system for two and a half hours, right, Jerry? Yes, Steam Deck Central, baby. Steam. We already registered the domain. It's all happening. So I don't care what else happened this week because Valve decided to make the Linux-powered Switch Pro that everybody's been asking for. Uh, on the day that Switch uh, OLED model pre-orders are going live. So I don't know. Do I get both? Do I get one of them? Do I get neither? I, I don't well, I don't know anymore. Do you want to play Mario Kart? I mean, that's that's the thing. Because the Switch sucks. The only reason it's popular is because Nintendo, their games are so good. And you well, that get, makes it good. But that's the yeah. whole point. That's the whole reason you buy it. But 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 the hardware is just so bad. Okay, let's 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 start again. Um, we're actually going to talk about the Steam Deck because I want to, but we're we're going to get through some Android stuff first. So don't don't stop your don't stop your podcast players just yet. Actually, this week on the show, we're going to talk about Android 12 Beta 3, which dropped yesterday. As we're recording this, Nick, who is also here, hello. Um, he went hands on with it, and I have it on my Pixel Five. I think we all have it on our pixels so we'll go through that there's also a bunch of pixel leaks a couple more galaxy watch or samsung leaks including a galaxy watch leak that happened on amazon.ca which whenever that happens i feel partly responsible for some reason um we'll talk a little bit about why this rumored exynos chip inside the new galaxy watch 4 might actually be a bigger deal than we think uh hint hint pixel watch but you know i didn't say it um we'll talk about the nord 2 and the oppo reno 6 Pro, which is basically a Nord 2 because Oppo is OnePlus and OnePlus is Oppo. Uh, and if we have some time, we'll talk about some other stuff, including the death of fleets. Remember those? I don't. So let's get started. Jerry, I already introduced you, but how are you? I am fine. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. It's ro- rolling into my vacation. So you, you three are going to have to handle things next week while I'm sipping Mai Tais on my back deck because we can't actually go anywhere. Shit's um, going to be lit next week, y'all. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> You're just going to keep muting each other the entire time. It's going to be very good radio. Uh, Ara Wagner, how are you? Um, I'm in Texas. So if you're, you hear you're any... Texas. Yeah, so if you hear any awkward, like, meowing or scratching at the door, that's the pets. Because my room is off limits to them, and they want in. I thought you were going to say that was like they're trying to find the Democrats. <laughs> So how was your drive? Long. I did it in one. I managed to do it in one day. I left uh, I, I left my apartment around 8.45 Eastern, and I got home at 3 a.m. Central. Wow. So that's an exciting drive. I had a five-hour energy drink, and I didn't even, uh, just because around midnight I was starting to lag, so I drank half a bottle of five-hour energy, and I was just fine for the rest of the drive. I, I don't know how people do that. Like I fall asleep after two hours on a highway. I I can't. It's some like my body you gotta has this. Have a good playlist and heated seats help because, as you know, on long trips, it doesn't matter how comfy your seat is, you're still gonna get sore. You just go to the truck stop and ask for those little pills that they have behind the counter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. <laughs> what was that movie? Um, start starring 
Audrey, oh, I forget it, the the woman from Amelie, um, Audrey Tattoo. Um, anyway, I'll I'll think of it. it. That that movie is exactly what you're talking about, Jerry. It's about somebody who has to work like five jobs so they stay awake using. Oh, I uh, and and yes, it's it's not a comedy. Like no, I was no, no, thinking, no. I know exactly which movie you're thinking of, and it was great. Yeah, it's he an works amazing as a, movie. as a machinist in a factory and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say Dirty Pretty Things. There you go, Dirty Dirty Pretty Things. Great film. Um, and last but not least, Nick Sutrick. How are you? Hooray! Good. I actually have a proper setup this week, so hopefully my audio doesn't sound like trash. No, you sound great. You sound great. Excellent. Can um, anybody hear Nick? Who? <laughs> <laughs> what a troll! Honestly, you should just be a full-time commenter on androidcentral.com what's the pay like uh, exactly what you earn right now done for the cent done delete um, air table don't talk about air table oh my god my hands start shaking when you mention that word all right nick i want to get into android 12 beta 3 this is a weird one so we we got a couple of updates um ui changes some improvements and like some bug fixes and, and improvements to the way that wallpapers are colored as part of the material you design. There's a new game center dashboard thing that is not quite fully baked yet. And there's also some like machine learning stuff around device rotation, but it's still a pretty rough release. So give us the top down view of what Android 12 beta three looks like. Uh, it's it's definitely a very rough release. Um, for me, beta two was quite a bit more stable. Uh, I've actually had to restart this phone probably five or six times since I installed it. What twenty four hours ago? Um, that's probably five or six more times than I had to with beta two. So uh, yeah, expect plenty of bugs. I believe uh, Alex said his Pixel five was real wonky with it. So yeah, it's uh Beta 4 can't come soon enough with the stability release. But yeah, this is the uh, final API release for Android 12. Um, Google actually only highlighted three features in their little news release, which I thought was interesting because there was way more in this. Um, I, I think for me personally, the new wallpaper picker and some of the more manual color changes are the highlight of the release. So uh, in Beta 2... When you applied wallpaper, it would automatically pick colors for you based on what it saw in the wallpaper effectively. Now in beta three, uh, first of all, the interface is very different. Uh, it looks a lot nicer. There's a lot more functions on there. There's actually a dark theme slider right in the wallpaper and style selector, um, as well as the ability to theme icons based on the color. You can choose between four dynamic colors that it assigns, although sometimes it only gave me three dynamic colors. I assume that's a bug and not a limitation, but I guess we'll see. Uh, No, it depends on how much color there is in your wallpaper and how much of it is black and white. Because I set a a wallpaper that was gray, white, black, and purple like several different times trying to get it to come up with like different different color orientations. And no, it would only give me the one. Okay. So no, it depends how vibrant your wallpaper is. Gotcha. Yeah. And I know um, one of the Google wallpapers, it's like a purple and pink galaxy looking thing. Um, the four dynamic colors were 
almost identical. I mean, very slight hue changes. So they're pretty subtle sometimes. Other times when you pick wallpapers, they're a lot more dramatic. Um, I thought the basic colors was a little odd because if you go over to basic colors, you're basically choosing from a single color versus the dynamic colors are sort of a palette of colors. But it wasn't like a, a color swatch. You know, you don't have a color wheel. You don't have a whole list of colors to pick from. It's just four. And for me, when I was changing the wallpaper, those four colors didn't change. The only time they changed was if I swat, uh, swapped out dark mode. So you get like pastel colors if you have dark mode on. You get more vibrant colors if you have light mode on. So well, you get the same color palette. It's just it differentiates between light and dark. So that way you have better contrast and better right. readability. Right. But but I'm saying it's not like you have a whole color wheel to choose from. It's it's pretty minimal as far as as what you get to choose. Yeah, it's only half of the color options that they had in Android 11, which is kind of a bummer. It's it's a little weird. So I'm I'm hoping they'll add to that. I you know, there's no telling what they'll add back into it. The the way they they did the language for the upcoming beta 4 makes me think that they're not making a whole lot of changes other than maybe killing some of these crashes, <laughs> which will be which will be nice. But um they they also got rid of the glitter effect. Although if you plug in your USB cable to charge it or plug it into a computer, it does still do the glitter effect. So it doesn't seem like it's completely gone, just mostly gone. And at least for me, that's a lot more boring. I kind of like the glitter thing, even if it did look a little buggy. You be quiet. <laughs> no, it was no. It was you real, be quiet, Jerry. That glitter was amazing. You be quiet too. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, like it was. It, it looked like a like a living bug. It was seriously wonky. I, I did not like. It feels like what they did was they threw a bunch of pastel and glitter at the beginning, and then they've been slowly scraping it away as they realized that it was way too much. They just applied it with too thick a, a paintbrush. I mean, they took the color away from the from Anybody the settings who's menu. Anybody who ever used glitter knows that shit stays forever. Well, not digitally. Apparently ah. not. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen some refinements rather than them just yanking it out and. Well, I also did. thought now it was you a... have to plug your phone in if you want to see it. There you go. So That's buy it. a battery pack. You can find one on AndroidCentral.com. We'll point you to the right one. Keep your phone plugged in all the time, and you can glitter your life away. No, all no, set. it's. That's the only animation is when you, so you would have to be constantly plugging and unplugging your phone, Jerry. Hey, if you do that, you can keep it from throttling your charging. <sighs> there you go. That's something we'll talk about later, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Actually, I don't think we're talking about that as much this week. That's all right. It, it just got its mention, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, one thing that's, that's interesting, I really like this drop the notification animation. Like that feels really nice and smooth. Yeah, the, the animations overall just feel better, don't they? Or is that just me? No, they've improved it for sure. I definitely um, think they've improved performance on the Pixel 5. They're a lot more reliable, too. Like I know before, sometimes it would be stuttery. Sometimes the animations wouldn't quite pop in correctly. I don't really see that happening with this particular beta. Yeah, one thing I noticed, because I, I don't use gestures, I still use the three buttons. On the last beta, sometimes you had to fight with that phone to get it to open, to open the app drawer. Now it works every time, and that really makes me happy. Yes, and and they speaking of gestures, they also improved the one-handed mode. It, the the swiping works better. You can pull notifications down. It's just yep. it's a nicer 
version of the thing. I don't know. It, it works oh, it's it so makes much sense. smoother. Yeah, it, it makes sense the way it works, and it's nice. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say it works better than reachability on iOS. Like Ooh. it it feels smoother. The animation is faster, and it overall, I think it just works better now than it does on iOS. So let me dip into nice my head of troll responses. Who is this guy? He loves the iPhone. So what about um, this universal search thing? Because that, I mean, it's still basically broken, but it's actually, I think, a bigger deal than some people may realize. Right. Yeah. And, and I think I, Jerry could probably uh, expound on this a little bit better, too. But um, it, it's basically a system-wide search that apps can tap into um, it's uh, it, i hate to say this especially after the poor joke i just tried to make it's spotlight search if you've ever used an iphone or a mac and you've used spotlight that's what this will be once it's finished and that's good right yeah and and it allows apps to tap into that as well so yep. it's not just you know swipe over on your home screen like you would on iphone or whatever um i i'm curious to see how well that's implemented if it continues to help with, you know, things like the sharing menu, for instance. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They've, they've largely fixed that over the years, but it's, you know, it's got its quirks every now and then. It, it has seen many improvements, and it's I assume busy. that this would be another improvement to that, especially with speed. Um, I, I guess our question was, is this going to affect phone storage or not? And we don't know the answer to that yet, but we're trying to find out it, so it, it has to build a database of some t- kind but yeah i'm trying to look into you know yeah that i kind mean of stuff i guess depending on what it indexes it's likely that it's not going to see you know you're not going to have five gigs worth of stuff sitting on your phone okay it's probably going to be fairly small but it might keep you from storing a few songs extra when you're downloading them for a trip or something i don't know we'll is see is that a, is that a i mean if you're if the, if every single I mean, not everyone, but we can probably take for granted that most phones launching with Android 12, like out of the box, will have at least 64, 128 gigs of storage. Yeah. I can't imagine a database is going to be gigs and gigs. No, no, I, you, we're we're talking, you know, 250 megs is, is my guess. And like I said, I'm I'm reach, reaching out to Google and looking through the documentation, trying to find out all these little questions, get answers to them. Because I think that this universal search is a pretty nifty little feature. Yes, and it's a new API. This is, I guess, one of the final APIs they um, announced and are, are launching with Android 12. So, yeah, we, we will definitely see more on this in the future, especially as developers start implementing it into their apps. And let's just give, like, an example of what this means. It's not literally, like, I mean, there's a universal search box in your phone already, and if you typed in Spotify, for instance, it would search the internet for Spotify. But if you, if you, it would, if you had it installed on your phone, it would still show the app. But let's take this right. to the next logical step and say Spotify implements the app search API. You'd be able to search for a song lyric right. or a song and tap on that, and it would immediately start playing within Spotify, right? Or, so yeah. it's that's the kind of thing that Google is asking developers to start using this central index API as a way to make it easier for people to get things done locally on their device. Right, yep. And and likely for developers to do stuff like that, that it just makes your phone feel smarter, really. 
Right. And we were already seeing, like, I remember, was it last year or earlier this year, Google brought um, app actions into Google Assistant so you could ask Google Assistant to do something inside an app. So you can see this, and there's, you know, we're seeing Google slowly make um, apps load faster. You can start playing a game before it's installed. So this, all of this stuff is really meant to speed up the feeling of Android along with those improved animations. I just think Android 12 is going to feel significantly faster as an operating system than Android 11. Agreed. And and that's a, another trick from Apple. Even at times where the iPhone isn't super responsive, it feels super responsive because it provides feedback through fluid animation and, you know, text movements. And it's, that's a good thing. It keeps users from being frustrated. So I I'm excited about this. And as of the third beta, all the APIs are final. So next month, we're not going to see Google introduce another big feature like app search. It's just going to slowly refine the existing APIs within Android 12 that have been announced in the previous, like in the developer previews in the three betas. So I'm excited to start seeing apps actually implement app search because it'll, it'll be possible to do that starting with beta three and uh, app and developers can upload versions of the app that support it. I believe if not now, then with beta four, which will come next month. Yeah. I, I think they won't automatically get kicked out if they do it now but they're encouraged to just use this to test and, mm-hmm. and wait for the final, you know, final, 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 final APIs. All right. So what else do we have? Uh, we have the device rotation thing, right? So um, broken. Yes, it's broken. But uh, <laughs> the, the idea is that if you're laying in your bed and you're, you know, laying on your side and you're holding your phone, your screen's not going to rotate to the side and get you all annoyed while you're trying to scroll through Twitter vertically. Um, so it uses the, phone's front-facing camera in conjunction with the Android private compute core to, you know, not only not record your face, just basically make sure you're looking at the screen, you know, I don't know, vertically, I guess we'll go with, instead of sideways. So it, it, it tries to keep your device from rotating when you don't intend to rotate it, even if you're in an, I guess, abnormal position. So once they fix this, and it actually works properly, it will be a godsend for people who like to stay up late and flip through their phone when they should be sleeping. <laughs> yes, Ara. <laughs> I didn't say anything. But yes, it will be very helpful. <laughs> yeah, so I I feel like, um, I mean, this has been a, a trend with Android um, features for a while now, but this is one of those old Samsung features that has been resurrected and now probably actually works. Because we got this back on the uh, the Galaxy S4 where it it used that front-facing camera sort of this to the same way. I'm Look, just, yeah, it looked at your eyes and wouldn't, yeah. Exactly. Because I wore glasses. Right. I mean, it, it wasn't great. But the point is, hopefully this is, yeah. And, and it's also supposed to use machine learning to actually rotate your device 25% more quickly, which I thought was fascinating. Basically, um predicts gestures and when you're going to rotate and I, I think starts rotating it on the back end as you move your hand versus waiting a second, checking the sensor and then saying, oh yeah, you actually rotated it. Here we go. 
Yeah, that that's crazy if you think about it. Yeah, it's they, fascinating. They're able to predict that you're going to rotate your phone just based on <laughs> tiny little cues. Yeah. Maybe. Now, now what'll be interesting to see is, and and this could be why it's broken right now, but when I tried it on mine, the little se- um, indicator at the top saying that my camera was being used did not light up. So, I mean, again, maybe once they fix it and it actually uses the camera or whatever the problem is right now, that indicator should theoretically light up because that's and one of the tenets of Android maybe. 12. <laughs> but this isn't something, I mean, this is the same powers inside your phone that look after you, that tell you your cameras in use are the, the same things that are governing this. So maybe that's not going to be a necessity. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think personally, it would be extremely annoying to have that indicator constantly because then you, you sort of get false positives thinking that the app is requesting camera permission. You you and I both hit something, and we both laughed at it. Uh, you, you have no indication for the front-facing camera when it's turned on or off. Uh, on, on, on the Pixel 4, it's always active. So right. we, don't, we don't always see uh, an indicator that the camera is in use on the Pixel 4, even though if the phone's turned on, it is. Right. And that caught Nick and I both. What, what's wrong with face unlock? Uh well, the camera shut off. Face unlock doesn't work. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think Google just wants people to forget the Pixel 4 exists. Probably. You know, I'm, I'm good with that. If if somebody was here that built this, I'd throw it at them. They could I'm, just... I'm happy with my XL, but yes, I get it. I don't, I don't like face unlock at all. So, yeah, there we I, go. I just had bad luck. I got a bad unit, and then it was replaced with a bad unit. So, I'm bitter. So, I do, I do want to mention they... Um, compute core integration here because it does speak to how Google is trying to, at least for those who are scrutinizing it, retain a semblance of of security and privacy. If it's going to use your front-facing camera, you as a consumer have to be relatively certain that it's not recording you or or taking any, any screenshots or photos of you without your knowledge. And my guess is that it's not actually retaining any of that photo data Correct. while it's while no, it's yeah. tracking it, yeah, it, it has it, has to process it and i'm glad that they're doing that in the the compute core the private compute core but no it's not keeping pictures it doesn't need to yeah it's it's similar to um how phones for a while now have done scene prediction on cameras so, it, you know, you, you take that data, or I guess the phone takes the data, really, the visual data from the scene, and it runs it through an AI core that analyzes what it's seeing, gives a scene output, and then tells the software what to do. But that, that data doesn't go anywhere after that, effectively. It just goes away. It's probably not even converted into an actual image. It doesn't right. need to be. It's just no. getting points of reference. Exactly. Right, it's getting metadata and it's using that and, and storing any of that information if it is storing anything. And that's something we need to find out in that compute core, which is sectioned off from everything else in the yep. in the operating system. Right. Yep. I, when I looked into that, I was surprised even uh, the system itself can't get permission for Internet use for anything that's in the compute core. So it can't leave your phone. It's impossible. Which is awesome. So that is kind of the biggest user-facing update 
Uh, anything else? You mentioned battery stats are finally useful again. Yeah, battery stats. We actually have them. They do something, <laughs> which which I thought was exciting. I also like the interface too. You don't have to click into a bunch of menus to get useful information. You just open up battery usage and there's all the stuff that I would ever look for personally. You can still dial into it a bit if you want, but yes, it's it's awesome. Um, there's also scrolling screenshots. Uh, again, it's one of those sometimes. features. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, ignoring the bugs in this highly buggy release. You know, it's another one of those features that's been on OEM phones forever. But wait, wait. They Google came right out and said this will work for every app with no changes needed. And it doesn't even work with most of Google's apps. So come on, man. Uh, I'm not going to hold anything against them in the beta. I assume that language meant final release. Sure. I'm just (laughs) cracking jokes. Yes, of course. Um, And then the game toolbox, right? So uh, you can search for that in the settings. You can find it in there and enable it. It does jack squat right now. But essentially, it gives developers a way to target um, performance for when battery saver's on. Um, it helps with a bunch of other little performance enhancements and battery saving things on the back end. On the front end, it gives users a little button to click where they can, um, you know, take a screenshot, take a video, uh, toggle do not disturb. Uh, you can also schedule do not disturb for when you launch a game now. So, you know, again, these are features that Samsung phones and several other phones have had for a while now, but it's now being built straight into Android. Uh, what will be interesting is on some of these things, if it, uh, you know, helps with, oh, oh, what I was going to say before with the battery stats was you can now click on an app in battery stats and change the optimization without, again, having to dial down into a bunch of menus. So that in conjunction with the game toolbox, I'm wondering if that will help optimize games and maybe help some other OEMs that have been on the naughty list lately for doing that. Which OEMs would that be again? Uh, well, you know, it might start with an O. Well, there something. was one, plus there was another one. Uh, uh, I love, I love it when the AC Pod turns into just Dad Joke Central. We've got a, we've got a couple of, we've got three of them on the show now. All right, you're outnumbered. You're just gonna have to deal with all these terrible jokes. Terrible. It's okay. I can trash all of your jokes equally. I am an equal opportunity trasher. I approve. Good. All right. Um, I think that's all we can talk about with the beta. It's not it's not a huge update, but next month we'll probably have a little bit more and we'll probably be able to recommend people download it as a daily driver. Hopefully it'll be less buggy. So stay tuned for that. Um, let's talk a little bit about these Pixel 6 leaks. So there's a new one that uh, is hinting the phone might actually be called the Pixel 6 XL rather than the Pixel 6 Pro, which we've been saying all along. There's a, um, a an actual periscope lens rumored to be included in the larger Pro or XL unit, and it's going to have a five times or a four point three x zoom, which will then be augmented to be five x, sort of what the Galaxy S twenty Ultra did, where it wasn't really like a ten x zoom, but it kind of was when you interpolated the image and did a bunch of did a bunch of uh, digital cropping as well. Um, I don't know about you. I'm not super thrilled that the Pixel, is, which is bringing back the telephoto after after a year of not having it in the Pixel 5 series or Pixel 5, is going with like 
a Samsung or Huawei like five um, X zoom. I like I like that feature sometimes, but really, like what what that means is that you have this area between the primary camera and and the telephoto where you're digitally cropping, and you're digitally cropping a lot if you're going to say three X. And I don't know, may, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I think three X is that sweet spot. Is that sweet spot? What What about you guys? I would agree. Just using Huawei phones for as as long as I did, as like a daily, there there were definitely plenty of times where I would zoom in, like you said, maybe two x, two and a half x, um, and yeah, you you get to that point where it kind of just looks like crap, and then you want to step back so you can zoom in a little more, and then it's awkward. So, <laughs> maybe Google will will use its camera magic to infer that a little bit better because we've seen that from plenty of other pixel phones that don't have a tele or yeah, a telephoto lens where they right. I mean, yeah, they use sensor ahead, shaking Jared. and other tricks. Go ahead. On, on the flip side, like what the, the pixel four had what? 1.5, 1.6. Yeah. One point. Okay. There were times where I wish it had a little more. Right. You know, so maybe like you said, maybe three X is the sweet spot. I, I but I, I think the most important thing is, uh, the, the, really, the only thing the Pixel has going for it for most people is the camera. As long as Google can get, you know, the, the pictures don't suffer from any any changes is the most important factor. Uh, yeah, sure, people are going to say, oh, I don't really want to zoom in this far and maybe switch to the other camera or even switch to the ultra-wide. But the picture still has to come out as good as it does on the five or the four or even the pixel three. Yeah. I, I guess the super ultra, like what is it called? Super high res zoom is good enough that you probably won't know the difference. And I'm guessing Google has had enough time playing with this 50 megapixel primary sensor that they've adapted it to the 50 to the super high res zoom. So a three X crop is going to look a lot better on a pixel six than it might on yeah a, any other phone. I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna agree with you there. It's Google is not gonna make drastic changes that make the camera worse. They're gonna really really test it because they pride themselves on the camera in the Pixel phone. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Right, and and the increase from 12 to 50 megapixels might yeah. be a big enough difference digitally to make up for that. So yeah, well we'll see. But there's a possibility of existing issues that we've seen in other phones happening pixel 7 200x space zoom i'm calling it now <laughs> there you go so other than that i mean there's not a ton new to talk about with the pixel 6 series except I, it's I, ugly <laughs> we i mean that's 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 one take oh yeah the, the renders We're not do not there. tell the story i know <laughs> i will just say that i, I like said my this for years look. that's all i gotta say do, yeah, I like the side. You know, the ugliest too. part to me is the front. There's just no bezel, and I can't deal with those phones with zero bezel on them. I touch everything. I'll be walking, you know, well, maybe not walking, but I'll be doing something, and I'll have my phone in my hand. I'll look down, and an app will be open because I touched it. I need that bezel. Give me just a tiny bit of bezel. I'm with Jerry. I mean, ha. 
I understand that everybody wants like the prettiest, like all the screen real estate that they can get. But at the same time, guys, this has to be usable. There's a reason that every touchscreen laptop has at least some little bezel around the sides. You need to be able to touch the thing without actually interacting with the thing. Yeah, it, ma- it makes sense. And that's the same reason that tablets have had larger bezels forever, because you got to hold the thing somewhere. Mark this on your calendar. Era said I was right. I mean, Jerry, that only happens like three times a week. Well, I know, but this time it was in public. <laughs> yeah. I will also say I it. like having a, th- a small fair amount of bezel on, ev- on each or on every side of the phone, honestly, is because it makes it easier to use the phone with the case. And the case is required. <laughs> when we first moved to let's get rid of the bezel, I really hated it. Had a hard time adapting, but I've, I've, I, I've adapted. I can use them better now than I could before. And now we're even going thinner on the bezels. And I'm, I'm, I'm too old for all this adapting. Just give me a phone that's like seven inches wide with a three inch bezel and I'll be happy. God, why do I even invite you on the show? Anymore? I don't know. I ask myself that too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've never been this excited about a Pixel. Actually, like I agree. I was, I was pretty amped. Like I've been, I remember going to the Pixel Two event here in Toronto in 2017 and picking up that Panda Pixel and being like, "This is the phone of my dreams." And then remember, and then realizing that the screen was so bad that. You wanted to throw it across the room. Um, if you recall, that was the year of the LG V30, which was also which also had uh, LG's first generation plastic OLED display. Alex, our own Alex Doby, broke the story about how there was ghosting and a whole bunch of other terribleness associated with the Pixel Two XL um, and the Pixel Two. Jerry, I mean, you're talking about bezels. The Pixel Two had enormous bezels, top and bottom. Lovely. Just a massive, Lovely. massive chin on that boy. And it has an amazing screen. Small Pixel it is did. Best It had Pixel. an amazing screen. I think the Pixel 3 series. What was the issue with the Pixel 3? It was it was that it um, booted apps out of memory. Was that the, the problem on day one? Yes. Yeah. As, as well as a notch. I'm not going to let right. go of that. And then the Pixel 4... <laughs> Uh, you had to unlock battery. it with your eyes open. The The battery was so terrible, you couldn't use it. Yeah, so the Pixel 5 was a mid-range phone and had very few problems out of the box other than it just didn't have the latest and greatest specs and wasn't a huge camera jump over the previous one. So now we're at the Pixel 6, and finally Google's getting the picture. Let's hope. And I, I I was ragging on it about the way it looks, but yeah, I am super excited to see this phone. And I'm going to bug you to buy me one like a million times. Yeah, I'm so saving I'm, my budget so that everybody on the staff can actually get one this year. Mark that down on your calendar too. I know. We're all, we're all going to be swimming in them. Just take a picture like your bed covered with Pixel 6s. Um, very quickly about uh, this Galaxy Watch 4 Exynos W920 chip. There's a rumor that it's going to be launching in the Galaxy Watch 4 series, which has been leaking all over the place. We basically know everything about it at this point. Even the price. But, yeah. Hallelujah it was, for that. What is it? We saw the Canadian price. Well, but not- yeah, but it's, you can pretty much gather the u.s price based on that it'll be 280 to 300 for the smallest galaxy watch 4 i think they think it worked out to about like 
three uh three fifty to three seventy uh three fifty to three eighty for the classic and the smaller size. Remember they like this may they this this Canadian pricing may not be final, first of all. And the exchange rates are always kind of weird. I'm guessing it's two ninety nine for the classic and three ninety nine sorry, two ninety nine for the regular and three ninety nine for the classic. Daniel Bader, crusher of dreams. That's my guess, but we'll, I, we'll see. You're probably I mean, right. that were those were the prices that we were guessing last week in the podcast. So yeah, I agree with that. The Canadian prices give me a little bit more hope that the Galaxy Watch 4, the small one, the regular one, will be under 300 by a noticeable degree. Yeah, if we get lucky, you'll be 50 bucks off. Yeah. In, in the way we want. we want it. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. And, uh, I, I do want to talk about this processor for just a few minutes. Because uh, the rumors make a big deal about how much better it is than the the ninety one ten that was in the last uh, Galaxy Watch. That ninety one ten is a dual core processor made in twenty eighteen. That does not mean that this new processor is some computing powerhouse to be better no. than that. No, they've used this in three generations of watches. We know it's not going to be we. We know that the one that it's being compared to is not the latest and the greatest. Right. It doesn't so, take much to beat it. It's, that's yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. This this is 1.2 times faster than a really slow processor. So don't don't <laughs> go crazy and think, oh my god, this is going to be the the fastest CPU in a watch ever because it's probably not. I mean, that's why I latched on to more of the smoother graphics than the processing time. Right. Being 8.8 times smoother means that all my apps will look, app transitions will look a little bit smoother. My watch face will look a little bit smoother. That matters to me more than the watch itself being super duper quick. Because I know that we can't fit a top of the line chip in here quite yet. Hey, you know what else? All, all these leaks and rumors. I'm kind of excited about Wear OS again. Yeah. I, this year in general is like the year that I'm really excited about Google's stuff again. I, I have just hated Wear OS for the past three or four years and have, have vocally said Google just needs to scrap that and give it up. You know, Apple has them beat. Samsung is the number two. Google is just trash. But now I'm excited to try it because this could be what fixes it. Well, I mean, if if what we're seeing is true, then you basically got your wish because Samsung's yep. running the show now. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a whole other thing for another day. <laughs> yes. So on 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 Android Central, there's a great article about that. Yep, that's exactly what came to mind. This episode of the Android Central podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. Enjoy a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between with the HelloFresh market. I've been using HelloFresh's meal kits for a while now, and as somebody who really does like to cook, this just makes all of the prep way much, way faster. If I'm looking to get something on the table for me and my family really quickly, there's nothing better than opening up one of these meal kits. 
So if you're interested in learning more and getting a discount on your first purchase, go to hellofresh.com slash ACP14 and use code ACP14, that's ACP14, for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's ACP14 and use the code ACP14 for 14 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash ACP14. All right, uh, last couple of rumors. Galaxy Z Fold 3 will support the S Pen Pro. That's the S Pen version that's available on Samsung's laptops and tablets. It's a little bigger. It looks like the Apple Pencil. Again, this is really interesting. I'm super curious how Samsung is going to make the display on the Z Fold 3 hardy enough to support regular stylus use, given that you touch the Z Fold 2 with your fingernail right now and it leaves a notable mark. Yeah. It'll stay there forever. I I don't know. I mean, maybe they're not using plastic on top anymore. Maybe it's just straight up um, ultra thin glass, but I would not be very, I don't think I trust that. I and I wish I knew who you were, but I, I saw something on Twitter, somebody speculating that it would be possible to bond ultra ultra thin glass to a layer of some sort of plastic that's more flexible in the area of the hinge. So like 95% of the phone would be glass. And that that's interesting if if you know, that's just a theory, but I thought it was an interesting theory because I'm with you. If you're going to support a bigger, heavier stylus that is going to, let's face it, you're going to use it a little harder because it's bigger and it fits in your hand better. That, that screen's got to be different or it'll just end up full of holes. Uh, yes. Like, not sure what else to say. We're going to see it in under a month. So we'll know more about that very soon, but uh, still have no idea how they're going to make that happen. All right, the OnePlus Nord 2 camera information leaked. This we know is coming later this month. It'll be a, it'll be out in late uh, late July or early August. It's going to have a triple camera setup including a, an IMX 766, which is the same sensor that's inside the 9 OnePlus 9 and 9 Pro as long as well as the Oppo Find X3 Pro. That's pretty good considering that the Nord was what like a, a 470 euro phone. I don't know. I'm I'm holding out hope that eventually this Nord will come to North America, but I, I, I as I said last week, I highly doubt it. OnePlus just keeps treating America as this weird segment because they're like, oh, we we think of North America as like a budget phone market, and then it's like, oh, but we're not going to sell the base model OnePlus Nine Pro here. You can only get the super expensive one, or you can get these cheap little phones. They're playing it smart. They want the carriers to like them first. So they're building phones and shopping them around to carriers. I'm sure of it. And we've seen it successful with T-Mobile, what, three years in a row now? If they could just get in where you can walk into a Verizon store and right on the counter is OnePlus whatever, you know, 5G plus whatever, that's that's their win. That's their win right there. Then they can work on well, let's take some of these great budget phones and maybe think about building North American versions next year. They're in it for the long game. Doesn't surprise me. And, and there, there's stuff with Oppo lately. Uh, well, 
whatever, I guess forever, but particularly lately and everything else that's that's looking to happen with their phones and Oppo phones and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I I can see them making pretty big moves in that part. Yep. The, the, the thing with Oppo just finally announcing what everybody knew already, but, you know, making it clear how they fit in yeah. was that that shows stability. Exactly. That means, you know, th- this company isn't just some fly by night people that put up pop-up stores and have wet t-shirt contests for free phones. This is a real phone maker now. Right. And, and having more official ties to Oppo rather than right. just being some, you know, backwater BBK subsidiary or whatever. It, it's, it's a big deal, especially like you said, with the carriers, they want to know that they have the stability. They're not going to sell their customers phones that they're going to be pissed off about. Yep. It's yeah. It all plays into it. So there's this Reno 6 Pro that Harish reviewed. It's basically the same phone as the Nord 2, um, down to the hardware. I mean, this is, it looks the same. It's got the same MediaTek Dimensity 1200 SoC. Um, it, it does look like the cameras are slightly different. Um, but other than that, like, it's basically the same phone. Uh, Harish said that it's too expensive. It's not available in North America. It's it's only in India right now. But this is, for all intents and purposes, a Nord 2. He gave it three and a half out of five. So we'll see. If the Nord 2 comes in around 500 euro or 480 euro, then it might be a non-starter, given the amount of competition. But if it's cheaper than that, you know, hopefully it'll be a contender. Uh, one thing you won't be able to find in North America, though, is the OnePlus 9 Pro OnePlus 9 Pro's cheapest model. So we reported this back when the phone was announced that they never made the $969 128 gig, 128 gig version available in North America. We thought it was just going to be a couple of weeks and then those weeks turned into months. Now OnePlus has actually confirmed to Android police that it will not come to North America. You're only going to get the 12256 version here. The reason the chip shortage, they said, due to unforeseen supply constraints specific to North American devices. I'm not sure what that means. I was going to say, that's where that statement falls apart a little. The chip shortage here is the same as it is in other countries. Yeah, and it's not like they have a non-Qualcomm version or something that they're hawking yeah. somewhere else. So I don't... Yeah, it does seem like it's... It, it maybe come, comes down to millimeter wave antennas or something, but... Again, the 256 version has those same components. No idea. Better margins Again, on this, the bigger version. That's, that's yeah, I was going to say, this is not something that has to deal with the supply chain. That is just an excuse. This is a, we wouldn't be able to make enough money on that phone, and our carrier partners wouldn't be able to sell the top-end one if we give them a base option. Right. So what they're saying is that in order to make enough money from the $969 version, our components, our, our, our component clients are asking for too much money for those components yeah there's just not enough there's not enough wiggle room for them it's fun to trash on OnePlus, but that's probably very very true i i think yeah go ahead say you can't even take a step back and trash qualcomm for it if they can't get the tiny components to build the small components Mm -hmm. so it it it's probably true you just have to stretch to to consider it. <laughs> yeah, just the the calling out the North America part. Just yeah, they're they're like, we price this at a certain 
at a, at a certain amount, it's not worth it for us to make that 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 phone anymore because it's clear that they can make it. It's just not worth their while, and they're wording it like it's not possible, but it is possible. They're just not willing to take the the margin hit, and I understand that, but. I don't know. It just it feels dirty using that language. You, you can't expect them to come out and say, we can't make as much money, so screw y'all. Apple does. Well, that's Apple. Apple, can... Apple tells you their, their gross margins every quarter. You know, they're pretty transparent about the whole making money because is our priority gross thing. gross margins are like 50%. They're probably proud of that and want everyone to know. Well, they're 37%, but <laughs> that's, that's close. the thing is that it's, it's very high. OnePlus is not even close. Right. OnePlus is probably under 20. So, yeah. I wonder what Samsung's gross margins are on phones. 100%. Samsung cannot do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> shut your mouth. All right. Um, let's go to some Pixel news. Google has been secretly trying to preserve your Pixel's battery health. Ara, what, what's all this about? Secret as in out in the open. But Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> nothing about this was actually secret because this was something we've known for a while. But um, when I think it was the Pixel 5 came out, one of the things that they said, uh, one of the things that they had was if you're in like a really hot environment, a really cold environment, if you're not in an optimal for the battery environment, it won't actually let you charge the phone to 100. It'll only let you charge to 80. Because where your battery degrades is usually between the 80 and 100%. And when you're charging from between zero and I think it was 30. So for when you're not in optimal conditions for your battery, it doesn't want to go into those areas. So Google will only let it charge up to 80%. Right. And and another notable condition is if you're playing games or something and charging at the same time, because your device is going to get pretty toasty. And And, and don't (laughs) do that, people. That's a good way to break your USB port. Trust me, I know. And your phone gets too hot. Just ch- stop playing long enough to charge your phone. Get a wireless charging case. Maybe. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I want Tesla to come to my house and put one of those over-the-air chargers. Even better. Just don't get shocked. Oh, wait. Wrong Tesla. <laughs> um, sign of the times. Google is bringing back the one-hour time limit for Google Meet calls. For free accounts, this was put in place early in the pandemic. I think March, Google removed those time limits uh, for free accounts. It's rolling out Workspaces Individual, which is obviously something they announced previously, but it's now actually becoming a thing. This is for small businesses and I guess people if they actually want to sign up for it and pay for it. But Google um, Workspace G. G Suite, you know, used to be called G Suite. They're making it available to individuals or small businesses, whereas previously it was aimed at the enterprise. I don't know, Ara, this is not surprising. People are going back to work. They're going back to offices. They're not going to be spending as much time on Zoom, Google Meet, Teams, whatever. But now Google has to actually make money from this service again. So not surprising, but... uh, sort of interesting that they're that they're removing the limit i mean we knew the limit was going to go away eventually i'm just happy that we're getting workspace individual because google workspace it comes with more than just oh here's x amount of storage every month for some of those for the organizations google workspace comes with better support for google services like the only way you can get support if you're ha- like from a person if you're having issues with google keep is if you are a google workspaces subscriber 
So having workspace individual means you don't have to work for a certain company in order to get it. You can get it on your own and keep it on your own and use it yourself. Uh, Because, I mean, Google Meet, I'm not going to lie, I've actually kind of liked being able to use Google Meet for personal reasons every now and again. Um, But that's going to go away and it's going to be back to duo group calls now that that is the thing or... God help me over to Zoom again. I hate Zoom so much. But it it is interesting how much better Google Meet is as a product now than it was in March 2020. Mm -hmm. You know, of all the Google services that needed to change over the pandemic, Meet has become a completely different product. And every single improvement has made, or every single change has made it a better, more, more useful product that I actually enjoy using now, whereas I didn't a year and a half ago. But one, one thing, Google, hear, hear me out here. You should put an hour limit on paid accounts too. Just do it for me. Do it Do it for all of us here. <laughs> just limit meetings to an hour <laughs> yeah, just, forever. Just do it for all of us here at Android Central, please. What? You don't want those three-hour happy hour calls at the end of the week anymore, Jerry? Okay, do it all except on Fridays. You're not forced to join any of these, by the way. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, why do you I can't have to tell physically him? make you. I, that's why we don't work in an office. Uh, you, but you know, if you dangle that sardine, I'll bark like a seal and jump. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I do, which is, which is why nobody You're has free so will. You're so manipulated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Makes me feel better about myself. Um, so obviously, Google Workspace Individual, it's 13 bucks. Wait, this is Canadian, isn't it? How much is it in the US? $10. It's $10. Okay, so the discount is what? Eight eight bucks a month? Nine bucks? Yes, it, you, get, you get a discount for the rest of this year, basically. So eight bucks a month for now. Okay. And then you get ramped up like with your ISP. Right. So, I mean, you don't really get a lot with your 10 bucks a month or eight bucks a month. You get... Longer calls, you get better scheduling in Google Calendar. A people person. You get customizable layouts in Gmail and personalized help. I don't know if that's worth See, ten bucks a month. They, I, I, it's not. They what they need to do is roll out a package. Roll this into Google One. Yes, please. I was going to say Google One is Just totally worth Just roll this into for. Google One. If if you charge me fifteen dollars a month to have my own domain for email. And all these tiny perks and, you know, maybe a, an extra gigabyte of Google One storage, I'm going to pay you. terabyte. You meant terabyte, Ter- well, right? <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I meant. I'm I'm going to pay you. I'm definitely going to pay you. And I can't be alone to see that there is value if they would bundle a bunch of this stuff together. Yes, Google One needs to integrate Google Play Pass, YouTube Music. It needs to do what Apple's doing with Apple One Amen. yesterday. Well, YouTube Premium, because nobody pays say? for YouTube, YouTube Music by the Sorry, YouTube Premium, yes. I mean, I do, but okay, fine. It's just me. You pay for music, but not premium? Like, why? No, no, no. I, I'm saying, like, I premium is the plus for me. I don't really care. I mean, I guess I do, but I don't watch that much YouTube. <laughs> I listen to a yeah, whole I'm lot the of music, though. I watch way more YouTube than I listen to YouTube Music. Amen. Yeah, like, Go. And YouTube Music is like my primary my uh, my primary music app, but I watch so much YouTube. No, I'm like go go look at my Beta Three hands on post, the picture with the battery section. What's the thing at the top that has way more usage than any other app on my phone? TikTok, YouTube Music. 
Well, good. I'm happy to see more people using it. And please, I wish, I wish, I wish the YouTube music team would get their act together and keep pushing out the updates that we need for this app. Yep. It needs a little bit of help. Just a little bit. Are we, are we going to talk about our next social media thing? <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, go go ahead, Nick. All Put, right. Pour uh, one out for fleets. What, what was what was your fleets? I love this thing. Twitter yeets fleets. Sweet. That was that was beautiful. Yeah. Sheer who, poetry. who came up with that title? I don't know. You I, need... uh, that was not the title of the article. I just wrote that in there because yeah, it was better okay. than what was you the need a, article title. We need a for that. We owe Era. Yeah. We, owe, we need to buy her her next pizza because that's just ingenious. We're dedicating that that line to Hayato Huseman. Yes. Yes, we are. But I will gladly take eight bucks for a pizza. There you go. This this basically means that I no longer see that annoying row of icons along the top of my Twitter, right? Oh, right? dude. Yes? You know, that forced me to actually open up Twitter on the web in Chrome on my phone. <laughs> just uh. because it got so confusing. When it first just popped up, I'm like, what the hell? And I just don't want to see that up there all the time. They They should have let it disappear when you scroll, and they didn't. So I just went to using it on the web through Chrome as in desktop mode, which is a horrible experience on your phone. Yeah, that's, that's not optimal. <laughs> I actually kind of liked fleets a little bit, but there's not much to say. Like it, the whole point of Twitter is that it lives forever. If you wanted something that disappears, you would go to Instagram stories or Snapchat. And, and you know, I tried, I, I watched a bunch of them and never found anything interesting enough that I wished it stayed forever. Did anybody ever really use it and do anything really fun and crazy with it? I don't even click this thing in Instagram. Like, I just don't care about these things at all. If I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm going to go on Snapchat or TikTok where it, uh, you know, that was kind of the point of the platform anyway. And not one of these other platforms where it's tacked on and people have, you know, use it. Oh, I, th that's not true. I mean, stories are now as important as if not more so in the feed on Instagram. I'm sure. I still don't use them. I See, uh, unlike Nick, I'm not afraid to try new I, things. Un unlike Facebook CEOs, I actually use Instagram as a photo sharing app. <laughs> yeah, but that's going to that's going to change even more in the next few months. I'm just going to get kicked off Instagram and then cry about it. It's fine. But you post nice photos on your feed. I don't. I post photos of my. I mean, I post nice photos, but of my daughter. That's just my. That's like my feed. Yes. You all are the reason I get emails every day about. Did you see this post on Instagram? Because no, I didn't. I don't. I don't look at Instagram. Jerry, you can turn off a lot of those emails in the know, Instagram settings. That means I have to go to Instagram and sign in. Yeah, he'd rather just complain about it on a yes, podcast. It's way yes. easier. If you link it to Google, it logs you in automatically. <sighs> no, I don't want that. I don't want anything automatically. Well, I mean, you still have to put in your two-factor code, but you don't have to dig out your password every time. Oh, really? I'll have to look yeah. at that then because... Yeah, because whenever I open an Instagram link on Twitter, it opens in Chrome instead of opening in the Instagram app. So it'll open Instagram in Chrome and then immediately it'll go away from that page and ask me for my two-factor. All right, so I might be looking at Nick's pictures and, and Daniel's daughter after all. <laughs> if it's that easy. See, I learned I mean, something She is pretty today. cute. There you I go. would is. recommend it. She is. She's a wonderful child stuck with Daniel as a father. And Are y'all taking her anywhere fun next week? Yeah, we're going to take her to Toronto Island, I think. Wait, what's Toronto Island? That's oh, an island. Um, like, it's a man-made island. I think they made it in the 60s. There's uh, a few houses on it, but it's mainly just beaches and parks and 
Oh, so it's uh, not like wilderness where you could go climb the tallest tree and claim that you now own it. No, I'm sure oh, people no. have tried that, but it's it's just a cute little diversion from the city. It's very quiet. Some nice restaurants on there, but it's mainly oh, just for like cool. people who bike, you know, want to get out of the hustle and bustle of Toronto. So it's nice. I haven't been there, man, since before my my daughter was born. So uh, it's been a couple of years, and we're gonna see how she likes it. Take her on one of those um, tandem bikes that the kids can just sit on and pretend that they're actually helping. Nice. When they're not. That's great. You know, super cute. I, I promise I won't go to Toronto Island and try to turn it into Lord of the Flies and ruin it for you or anything. I'll just... But the thing is, there's so many people who don't want any tourists on the island that they will do that to you. They will kill you if you try to make it anything. If, if, if you threaten their quality of life, they will murder you and throw you in the lake. So... Uh-huh. Just I thought Canadians only did that for hockey. Like God. they are the the residents of Toronto Island are very protective of their environment. That's, that's the next NHL team, the the Toronto Island Murderers. <laughs> yeah, there's already an Islanders, but these are just the Island Murderers. Almost as bad as the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So I, I guess what you're telling me is I should never go to Toronto Island because I won't be there five minutes before I'm running from a hail of yeah you'll angry be you'll Canadians. be killed. They yeah. already have your face on a bunch uh, of wanted posters. Being proactive, smart. I knew yeah, they exactly. were smart. I just I just fleeted it so they know about <laughs> it now. All right, last but not least, uh, Ara, walk us through this 500 million euro fine that Google was uh, was given in France over copyright issues with news publishers? Yeah, so remember how, I want to say like a year, a year and a half ago, Google kept getting in trouble with different regions like Australia. I think they got into it with Canada for a little while. They got into it with the UK. They got into it with the EU about how Google needed to pay publishers for hosting snippets of their stories in uh like in the knowledge graph on Google and in the uh, Google News Feed. And some publications were like, yo, you're you're basically hosting our you're hosting the good part of our story for free and making uh, and giving people a reason to not click through. Cuz it's like, oh, what's going on in Toronto right now and then you can go, oh, that's Jerry that's a really got big murdered fire. on the that island. That sucks. <laughs> okay, know what's going on, don't need to click that. So, um that's been going on for a while and the French are fine are Slapping on a fine because I think a I think they already had they had warned Google before, and they st- Google still apparently hasn't been hasn't been quick enough to figure out okay how are we going to pay these publishers what are we going to pay these publishers they've been asked to come up they've been asked to speed up the timetable and get their proposals to publishers and I believe to this court within sixty days I'm not sure how well they're going to do that but. It's it's something they've gotten in trouble before again and again for. So, I mean, this is not chump change. Like it might be for no. Google, but 500 million euros, that's almost 600 million dollars. That's, that's a, a lot of money. That's a 100 million dollars forever. Yeah, that's a lot of money, but uh but Google made Google that much money while Arrow was explaining it. Yeah. This is yeah. if 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 they want I think this is dumb. I think this is dumb as hell. Uh I I want every online publisher to get paid i wouldn't have a job if we didn't but i also know if google promotes your publication up on top in in its newsfeed with a snippet that drives engagement it doesn't take away engagement 
Anybody that says differently is is crazy and belongs on an island in Toronto. But that's anecdotal, well, Jerry. Is, yeah. You don't know and that. And the thing is I don't that, know that regardless but, of whether or not they click through or not, they're still hosting part of that content within Google. Well, then you could, if you put the title of a page in a search result, that's hosting part of the content. It's, I think this is dumb, and this is just my opinion, but Google can easily afford to just pay what they're supposed to pay, yep. even if they think it's dumb, and it would keep them out of trouble. Yeah, like there's so many, there are so many things that Google to do could do to just be like, okay, we're just gonna do what do what we should have in the first place. We're just gonna pay for this. We're just gonna we're gonna pay publishers what they're worth, just because we know publishing companies need the money right now, and Google could help with that as they drive engagement towards these sites. So Google could do that and be a good guy and not get bad press every six yes. months for this nonsense anymore. They could take a smaller cut for Google Play uh, for Google Play payments and uh, in-app purchases, and that would help save them from these lawsuits and whilst and give some back to developers because developers need that. Really, they need that. I I get that it's only fifteen percent on the first million for the vast majority of Android developers. But that 15% would still save a lot of developers from having to have a part-time job or a second job. Anything that would help developers focus more on Android would be better for Google and would be better for everyone. And they could do this. They don't make that much on this anyway. I never but thought it's just I'd things say like it, that. but Microsoft did it right. I, I think, and, and I think I mentioned this to Daniel, the most important tech story of 2021 so far is how Microsoft just slashed prices in its store and they're cutting down Azure fees to encourage development. That's, that's you know, Microsoft can afford it. They're doing it. It may work. It may not work, but God bless them for trying. Uh, Google and Apple, your move. It's It's nice to see one of these companies doing this too, because how long have we been talking about this 30% cut that's done across the board? Steam's done it forever. Facebook does it with Quest stuff. Like all of these companies use the same percentage. They all do it. So yeah, it's nice to see that that move being it made. It just feels like an arbitrary number too. It's like, okay, what do we think we can get away with? 30. Oh yeah, that works. And then the next company came out along with the store and like, what can we get away with? Oh, they get away with 30. We can do that exactly. too. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. And while cutting it to 15%, unless you make more than a million dollars, sounds good. It's not. that That is Google saying, hey, there are... X number of apps in our store that make enough money for us to keep the lights on and keep everything going. And we're still willing to take 15% from everyone else anyway. Yeah. I just, it's, it's a problem that is, is a lot more nuanced than I am. I, I, I freely admit that, but you cannot be charging people this much money and expect it to go on forever. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that'll, I don't think, um, Personally, I, I don't think the attorneys general will, will win. I, no, I, I think the remedies are, are too severe, and I just don't see that happening. Um, I, I don't see Congress passing these kinds of sweeping laws that will make it harder for companies like Google to charge 15 we or 30%. We can't even get infrastructure reform through Congress. We're not going to get big tech crackdowns unless it's something killing Section 280. 230. Right, 230. Now I have to look up what 280 is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, send him down that rabbit hole. But yeah, I, I think what's what's really interesting is that Google is really feeling 
the burn in, in the EU, right? France has no problem. The EU has no problem levying these fines, charging 900,000 euros a day for non-compliance. I mean, these are staggering numbers, even to a company as big as Google, if only because it just forces them to either put up or shut up. They either have to get out of the country or stop offering news services in France or in the, you know, wherever they're being fined, or they have to start paying publishers. And that's a good thing, I think. I don't know. It's it's interesting that the EU seems to have a very, very different attitude towards big tech than the US, even though we're now seeing the fruits of the EU's free, you know, much more regulated, um, you know, free finding attitude spilling over into the into the US. I, I don't like to give the EU that much credit. And I think that the reason the EU is so much harder on big tech is because all of big tech is in North America. And if there was big tech in the EU and they were courting them to try to get them to build more facilities and every, they wouldn't be so rabid. Wasn't A or wasn't AMD in London? But no, they got bought by Navi- N- yep. Nvidia. Nokia, no, mm, ARM, the EU, ARM, oh, ARM, yeah. ARM, yeah. Well, ARM was already owned by SoftBank, which was a Japanese company. So, I mean, their ARM is still going to be based in the UK. But I, but, I, I mean, if if Facebook headquarters were in Prague, I don't think the EU would hate Facebook as much. Oh, I'm pretty sure they would. Uh, well, I hope I'm Facebook's wrong. Facebook's moderation does Facebook not would probably be well doing things differently. The EU. Yeah, yeah Nick has yes. a point. I mean, there. they can't they, even they can't even sell Oculus products in Germany. Like, <laughs> they would be different. <laughs> nine. <laughs> but I think there that that is that whole argument about protection protectionism. It's something that we should talk about in a future episode, if only because there is that stark contrast between the U.S. and the rest of the world when it comes to companies as powerful as Facebook, Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, you know, there are no equivalents in the EU, right? I'm I'm an American and was raised in America, and I know, a, you know, I, I see the protectionism, and what did I just do? I just projected that on another country that I'm not familiar with because to me it's normal and it shouldn't be normal. Everybody should be France. Every country should be France. And every time Google does something wrong, the the judges and the lawyers should, the hair on the back of their neck should stick up and they should just go. But that's not how it happens here in the States. I agree with you though, that if there was a, a Google sized company Based, like I mean, we we have a co- a few examples, right? There's Ericsson, there's there's Spotify, um, you know, there 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 is Arm, which is still very much a a UK based company. There are a few examples, and I'm sure I'm missing quite a lot more, but none of them are trillion dollar companies. None of them are the size of of Google or Apple or Facebook or Microsoft or Amazon. Hey, the EU take Amazon. You can have them. I'll yeah. put Bezos in a box and I'll send him to Bezos whatever isn't address. Bezos is the CEO anymore. Yeah, He's but they can still have him too. But you take Amazon and you fix it and then send it back. Wait, Richard Branson, how how much is Virgin worth? Too much? You're like, that must be Gotta must be worth be a couple one. billion if they're dealing with space stuff. I, I no, just, Virgin, Virgin's massive. Oh. Yeah. yeah. They're, somebody broke it down. Just the space stunt 
could have fed, I think they said, everybody in Africa for three days. So if they can afford to just throw that much money away, the company is huge. While you're looking, Section 280 is the disallowance of certain expenses in connection with business use of your home, rental of vacation homes, etc. Hmm. So, yeah, oh, it's not somehow public. we need to get that worked in here and let's rail on Section 280. I mean, I feel like sidewalk could be a good thing for that because it's Amazon and, uh, and strangers using your Wi-Fi. Oh, there you go. Era for president. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, so there's there's... Virgin is not worth that much because Branson has sold off like dozens of Virgin branded companies to other owners Uh, over the years. So Virgin Group is only worth around six billion pounds, but he he himself is worth a lot. Like Scrooge McDuck swimming in the mountain of gold level. Yeah, basically. I, I almost called him a name and I didn't. That's, that's got to be a very cold pool. <laughs> yeah, but I would swim in that cold pool, wouldn't you? I mean, come He's on. also in space right now. He can't. So long can't as you don't it. have to dive into it. Space is colder. I would dive in. If it was a pool filled with gold coins, you couldn't keep me away from it. It's, it's, but Jerry, they don't function as a liquid just because you put them in a pool. But in it's, my it's a soft mind, metal, it isn't wouldn't it? matter. <laughs> Soft is relative. No, <laughs> leaping into that amount of gold would still kill if, you. If anybody's curious about this and wants to give me a swimming pool filled with gold coins, I will test it for you. Just you tell me what you want. You just dangle that gold coin sardine. But Scrooge makes it look so easy. Yeah. And yeah, so that's fun. That's a magical ability. I swear to God. <laughs> that is that is a magical ability that he has in that show. And he spits it that out. That is not and how it, coins Like function. a little fountain. He does a, a little backstroke. Yeah. See, I, I, I could figure out a way to do that if I, somebody really wanted me to. I also remember pogo sticking on the moon in that NES game. So there's some <laughs> real, real realism in that series. Yes. You know, there are probably only nine people out there who are going to understand that, Nick. But Good. thank God I was one of them. I'm so happy. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's finish up. As much as I want to continue talking about Scrooge, um, let's go into what's making us happy for the week. We'll start with you, Nick. How 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 has your week been? What's making you happy right now? Uh, I'm actually happy to get back to work, which is nice. Um, I was on vacation last week in Arizona, which was hot but um, awesome. I would have liked for the parks to be open so I could go hiking, but you know, I'd also rather not get caught in a wildfire. So, um, back to playing some more VR stuff. There is. Gosh, there's a bunch this week. Um, some Population One stuff going on today. Um, we, Michael and I just reviewed A Township Tale, which was a lot of fun. Although, my gosh, watch some YouTube how-to videos if you're going to pick up that game because they don't explain anything very well. Um, I've also got some other fun stuff to play that I can't talk about, but you'll find it next week on the site. All right. Very cool. Thank you. Uh, Ara, what's making you happy this week? Um, hmm. Key lime Dole Whip. Because <laughs> I came up. No, at Christmas, uh, at Christmas, somebody, uh, one of my siblings bought me a five pound bag of the Key Lime Dole Whip mix. You just add water, chill it, and then you turn it in an ice cream machine. So while I am home, I can have as much Key Lime Dole Whip as I want because I can make it literally whenever I want. So I'm I'm very much indulging in that and the beauty that I can have that without having to spend $7 every time I get it at Disney. So this is a thing that you make? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, yeah explain um, what Dole Whip is because Aaron and I have had this conversation you, recently. You said key lime and my ears just perked up. Yeah. Um, Dole Whip, okay, the original Dole Whip was pineapple flavored, but it's a non-dairy frozen, it's a non-dairy ice cream, essentially. It's like a mix between ice cream and sorbet. It's really, really smooth and they have different fruit flavors. So you have like pineapple and orange and I want to say cherry, grapefruit, strawberry, coconut. You can get all the different flavors at the Magic Kingdom at various different quick service restaurants. But I love the key lime and the key lime. uh, You can get a five pound bag for like 20 bucks on Amazon. But and it lasts for like a year and a half because it just comes as a dry powder. Whenever you want to mix it, you just mix some up. You just add water and mix it together. I have a rate. The ratio that I use is three point one nine four. Uh. To one. Wait, that's pie. <laughs> Go on. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I mix. I mix. I chill it. I chill up the base for a little while, and then my parents have a um, an ice cream attachment for their mix master. So I just pour it in there, slap the attachment on, and the paddle, and it spins for 15 minutes, and then I stick it in the fridge, and I can have key lime Dole Whip whenever I want. Yeah, I still don't know what Dole Whip is. I'm, I'm looking at recipes for this I'm right still, now because it's you've, just... you've explained this half a dozen times now, and I and I refuse to actually let it sink into my brain. I just wish I was still drinking because a, a, a bottle of Captain Morgan and a bag of Era's Dole Whip mix. I was going to say like that the best that thing sounds for fantastic. summer. Fantastic, yeah, yeah. I've tried mix. I've tried mixing vodka into it, and the problem is adding any alcohol to the a Dole Whip itself means that it's harder for it to turn properly and freeze into an ice cream you take the biggest plastic big gulp cup you have and fill it to the brim with your vodka and then drink just enough to put a scoop of the dole whip in ah you make like a now i get it yeah yeah i literally have all of this stuff in my fridge i'm i'm making this today thank you (laughs) okay (laughs) all right jerry what is making you happy this week uh food as well but a different kind of food a healthy kind of food because where I live it is now the season for blueberries and blackberries and collard greens and sweet corn and everything in the farmer's market is fresh and when paired with you know a nice selection of meats to put out on the smoker it makes weekends awesome Mm, it just I had I I, I had the best meal on on, uh, Sunday and it was just it was very basic, but it was all fresh ingredients from the farm market, and it was just delicious. And mm. and this is fleeting. And by the end of August, it's all gone. So I have to take advantage of it while I can, and then the rest of the year cry and moan while I buy stuff that's been in cold storage and doesn't taste nearly as good. Yeah, welcome to Canada, where that's nine months a year. Jerry, do you ever freeze blueberries? Because, I mean, if you get, like, a thing of dry ice... Uh, it makes it really easy to free like instant freeze blueberries without making them mushy or anything. So you can freeze know. them. So I just buy them in the little paper cups and just eat them. <laughs> I mean, that's valid too. You're basically a toddler because that's all my my daughter eats. She just eats blueberries, and you know, blueberries are really good for you. Of course, they have sugar in them, but they also have I don't know some Gwyneth Paltrow ingredient that makes your body better. Oh. Some some goop. I don't know a, what it uh, is. A jade egg. Each each <laughs> each one of them has a jade egg inside of it. Uh, antioxidants. Antioxidants. That's what it was. I remembered it. So they're good for you somehow. 
Yeah, they're delicious. No, they're they're, pre- they're pretty good for you. So what's making me happy this week is that I'm not going to be working next week. I'm going to be doing things like a real adult for the first time in a while. I'm going to be going out to restaurants. I'm going to be going to a movie, which I have not been to in nearly two years. Um, I'm going to go on a hike with my with my wife. Um, this, this is exciting for me uh, because the pandemic hit right as my daughter was kind of coming out of her infancy, which meant that, you know, we weren't doing things before the pandemic started anyway. So this is just like serendipitous timing. Toronto, Ontario itself, the province is opening up um, tomorrow as I'm recording this. So Friday, uh, July 15th, which means that it's, you know, we're going to be able to go and do things like indoor dining and movies for the first time since November of last year. Just crazy, crazy stuff. It's been it's been a, a journey to get here. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right, that's our show. You can find me at Journey Dan. You can find Ara at Ara Wagco. You can find Jerry at GB Hill. You can find Nick at Guanatu, Guanatu something. I still Change haven't your Twitter figured out name, to pronounce. Man. No, never. You can find all of us at Android Central. We will be back next week, but I will not be. So Ara will host for you. I'm looking forward to listening to that while I'm, I'm not working. I'm going to get so wasted. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, until then, have a great week. We will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Adios.